Welcome to Ladies Roadmap to Living Ageless. I'm Jo Jamie Tyler. And I'm Lana Helda. We're here to expand your awareness and inspire you to uncover your own ageless journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Ladies Roadmap. We're all still in during COVID right now. And while we've all been exercising at home, Jamie and I thought it would be the perfect time to bring a wellness and fitness expert on the show. However, we did not just choose any coach because we know the importance of smart fitness for women 50 and over. And Deborah Adkinson has helped over 150,000 women flip their second half of life with vitality and energy we all want. Deborah has over 36 years of fitness experience and is the host of Flipping 50 TV and the Flipping 50 podcast. Joe Jamie and I came upon Deborah and were so impressed with her fine-tuned skills in helping people do exercises right. And she is also the best-selling author of You Still Got It, Girl, The After 50 Fitness Formula for Women. She's written a bunch of other books, and she's also a TEDx presenter, and we'll talk to her about that a little later. So welcome, Deborah. Well, thanks for having me. I had such a great time chatting with you on Flipping 50 Podcast. I can't wait for this conversation. Well, we want to get right into it, Deborah. And one of the things we saw on your website is a quote that you have. It says, sure, everybody looks at a beautiful girl, but they can't take their eyes off a confident woman who radiates joy and health. And that's available to you at any age. Where where do you start if someone wants to start radiating joy and health? You know, as much as everybody comes to me for what's below the shoulders, I think it's above the shoulders that that starts. It's that six inches that you really either have to lose or remodel before you can get the rest. It's between the ears. Amen, sister. I love that you just said that. That says everything. Yeah. And, you know, I started out in exercise and sports psychology. So it's, you know, go figure that now the buzzword we all are using is mindset, 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 mindset. But so true. And I think never more than for a woman over 50 because our expectations you know, up until now, our role models are probably not living the life we want for ourselves. So we really do have to think of it for ourselves and we have to vision it because we don't have a role model yet. No, you're, you're right. I think you are a, you are one of those role models now. I want to really encourage everybody to go to your Facebook or your Instagram. It's Flipping 50 TV. And just to see your beautiful face and you're vibrant, you're so vibrant and you're, you've got a great figure and you just are talking the talk and walking the walk. So this is what we're going to talk about today. We're so happy to have you on board because you are that role model. Well, Deborah, one of the things I think is so great is you've really put a focus on this COVID time for your listeners and you've done such a great job pivoting and helping women 
who are feeling stressed out. I listened to one of your podcasts where you were doing a coaching uh, session and it was with one of your listeners and it was about sleep and you were trying to help her, you know, work on her sleep patterns. And you, it wasn't necessarily just about the COVID, but you really dig deep with her and you find out not just her exercise routine, but you get into everything from, you know, what she's doing in her day, how she's how she's purporting her day and what she's eating and the whole system. And, and that's really impressive because people know that you're going to give them everything. When did you and, you know, get that involved, that deep into the fitness? I mean, I mean, in the wellness, I guess I should say, not just the fitness. That is such a great question. And, you know, I started doing this with clients back in the Well, it was mid-90s. I remember my son, I was doing it around my dining room table and I knew my son was downstairs napping at the time. So he was a baby. It was 94, 95. This was before coaching really became a thing. Before we knew people really, you know, were business coaches or health coaches and that was a career. But it just made so much sense to me because I was having a a hard time getting people to be compliant. And I knew that I couldn't just keep telling them the same recommendation for, you know, what they should be doing this next week before we meet again and having them come to that meeting feeling like a failure. So we really needed to dive into what's really going on here and unpack it. So I've been doing that since about 1995. And And then really got into coaching and learned a little bit more, not just borrowing from being an athletic coach and the sport psychology of it all, but really into techniques and working with people so that that mental piece was there and did that formally in 2000. So it's 20 years now. Wow. Yeah, well, you're you definitely do a great job of it. The, if I go back to the COVID, what have you found since you have been so focused on helping people through this time? What are most of the complaints, or maybe not complaints, but just sentiments you're hearing from the women who are reaching out to you that are doing your exercise program and tuning into you every day? Well, we're over it. Um, that's number one. Yes. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're over it now. And uh, it's lost its novelty. But I think that the most common denominator is we need an anchor. We were at a little bit of a loss for a schedule and a routine because maybe we, we don't have the same work schedule. People are working from home and some of them still are leaving, but it's changed for almost everybody. In some way, there's a changed schedule. So because there isn't that, you know, have to get up and have to be on time, be somewhere specific or dressed a certain way, everything is just a little different. And too many changes all at once really have people having a hard time making decisions, smaller ones. So you talked about, you know, when, when I was coaching with Rosie in that example and, and her problem wasn't so severe. I mean, not sleeping is a big challenge, but it was that she just couldn't see the forest for the trees. 
And, and of course I could, because I was an outsider. Mm -hmm. That's the challenge I think is we need something to like anchor our day in the morning and at, at night so that we feel this sense of security and, and organization that we're missing. So what is that anchor for, for us? Cause I have to tell you, Lana and I, we're both class kind of girls and we love, we have our Pilates class and we know at nine o'clock in the morning, we're going to be off to our Pilates class. And it has taken us both over a month to just get over the, get to get that anchor. And we found some streaming classes that we've been doing, but it's been hard. Yeah. It, it's, it's hard to change. First of all, change is hard. That's the hardest thing. We all know we're going to have it in life and yet making it can be a challenge and we didn't choose it. That makes it even a little harder, right? Cause it's just like, here you go. Life yeah. has changed. Deal with it. And so one of the things that I've done is tried to be an anchor. So for our, our members only, we do a 9am class together several times a week. And that's not even really the point because I've got members all over the world. So it's never 9 a.m. for all of us, right? I mean, some right. of them have to say, well, I'm going to do this tomorrow morning because it's, you know, midnight. And I say, go to bed. Why are you watching? But <laughs> it is the sense of community and knowing that something is happening on a regular schedule and a regular basis. So even if you're not able to do that 9 a.m. class that you're used to and love, you know, if you're able to find a substitute for another time of day, then I think there too is an opportunity because we've been able to shake things up and kind of try it on. And that may be a good thing. You know, when somebody moves the cheese, you rethink things, you're patterning your brain differently. And sometimes that's when we grow. Yeah, it, it's a push and you have to, and you really do have to make yourself do it. And you do have to set an alarm. You know, jo- Jamie helps me a lot. She'd be like, Lana, just set your alarm on your phone. And she's right. It forces you to pay attention when you have to do that. Well, you know, I I agree so much with you about we, we've got to build our immune systems and we, and exercising helps to boost our immune system, but how should it be different now? What kind of exercises should we be doing now that might help us more than what we were doing on our regular schedule? Such a great question. And there's a lot here. So we all, I think we have to be careful if your listeners are midlife and older. We grew up at a time when we were just beginning to listen to research back in the 80s and the 90s. And some of that is still lingering, even though we're talking, you know, 20, 30, 40 years later, there's better and updated research. We may still be operating on a, an old belief. And one of those is that exercise will actually deplete your immune system. And so we we know, and I think everybody listening can agree that's not true. We know now that exercise makes you stronger, more resilient, but there is a sweet spot. So when, when we talk about athletes, if we can do that, think about an athlete going into competition who may not be sleeping as well, who may be overreaching with exercise and doing an awful lot of exercise, the stress of the competition and having to perform and traveling and not quite eating the same food that they're used to could actually make them 
at higher risk for an injury or for illness. And the same is true of us. So everyday mere mortals, not necessarily competitive athletes, we've got to look at psychological stress as well as the physiological stress and metabolic stress. So psychological stresses, we probably all would agree that now compared to nine or 10 weeks ago, things are a little bit more chaotic in our lives than we'd like them to be. And I don't want to play into that. This is hard. This is so stressful. Right. I, I do want everybody to know, I think there is a silver lining. I think there are things that we're looking at and appreciating like we never have before. So let's hold those thoughts. I think that we need to do that. But we do probably have some financial concerns because there is some uncertainty. So know that, realize that we can't put that just in a different bucket. Your body doesn't know the difference of whether something is in your head or it's real or it's emotional. All of those stressors end up being something that you have to deal with. So that would mean that your regular exercise schedule, whatever you were used to doing, and then maybe that was pushing for you, maybe a little bit too much right now. So you need to give yourself some grace because you also have a stress potentially of, you know, have you had some sleepless nights? Maybe, you know, you're waking up a little bit more or just an occasional, you know, you wake up and and realize I'm not feeling stressed. And yet, you know, of course you are, you know, and it's reasonable that you would be somewhat, if not about yourself, maybe it's about parents or aging family members or younger ones. You know, there's so many things we each are dealing with or going through. So there is that. And then if you're asking yourself, you know, for achieving goals that 10 or 12 weeks ago would have been very reasonable, if you're wishing and wanting weight loss, if you were really trying to cut out calories and exercise at the same time, that's like having a foot on the gas pedal and on the brake. In your car, that doesn't work very well. So in your body, it also doesn't. It confuses your metabolism and, and a confused body won't do very much at all. So we want to be sure we're listening to the feedback your body's giving you. If you're not sleeping well, Yes, I think you still need to move because you're going to help yourself sleep better the next night, but we may need to modify it. Maybe it's not the high intensity exercise and it's something else. So I want to make sure I'm understanding this right. If you're trying to diet and exercise to lose weight, is that hard? It's, you're saying it's the go pedal and the stop pedal? Explain that for us. Is, am I getting that right that you just said that? Yes. Yes. And, and let's really define it. So of course we want to eat better. We want to, you know, focus on whole foods, you and I, and, you know, we're all three different right here. And, and everybody who's within earshot of us right now, you're unique. And what is ideal for you and healthy for you may not be the same as someone else may not be the same as what we learned decades ago is healthy. We're not all able to digest as easily as we did then. So it won't go down that rabbit hole. But if you are really cutting back or depriving yourself of calories, you're also depriving yourself of nutrients that you may need. And so that's stress 
for your body. So you can imagine if your body likes to operate on just pulling a number out of a hat, 2,000 calories, and you're giving it 1,200. Well, your body senses that as stress. It doesn't know that you're not stranded on a deserted island. And so it's going to respond by making it easier for you to store fat. And if you, on the other hand, are going by the old dogma, exercise more and eat less, and I want to make sure if anybody just tuned in right there, that's old dogma, okay? Mm -hmm. My mantra is actually exercise less and eat more. And you've got to follow both of those with the right things at the right time. Well, and that's what I think is so great about your show and your podcast, everything that you do, is if people will watch it consistently and or listen consistently, it's a wealth of information. And the way Deborah is talking about fitness and wellness, for me, I have a nutrition background and it so makes sense. And if everyone could listen and learn this, it really makes it so much simpler. You don't need to diet. You don't need to yo-yo. You just need to eat right and get the right amount of exercise. But as you're saying, you don't necessarily need to go run a marathon to get what you need cardiovascularly or anything else. So it's just such a, there's such a, a balance and I think it gets lost in translation many times. And I feel like your translation is very clear. Well, thank you. That's the goal, right? And and it needs to be. So that is kind of my mission because there are so many voices out there and, and now more than ever, right? We're all mm-hmm. spending a lot more time online. And that means every fitness professional, every nutrition professional health coach is also online and another voice potentially in the mix. And when we've got lots of choices, we tend not to do anything. So it's it's hard to discern or filter what is really for me. So that, you, you mentioned my TED Talks. So I'm going to kind of dive into that. Yeah. One of the reasons that it was imperative to me to do that TED Talk and then really my mission, really my deeper mission came out of prepping for that. And that is that there is so little research done on midlife women featuring females at all is just 39%. So there are about seven potential hormone changes that a woman can go through in her life. And not everybody, not every woman chooses to go through them or is blessed to go through them. So not everyone does the, you know, um, peri uh, or prenatal and postnatal. Some, some women do it multiple times, but every one of those hormone changes really dictates somewhat of a different exercise prescription. There are exercise changes that you would do when you were a young adolescent, you know, and just reach puberty that are very different from what you should be doing when you're in perimenopause than you should be doing when you're um, just post-pregnancy. So we've got to factor that in. If we do the math, 39% is the, the amount of research for females. Divide that by seven. I mean, we're talking less than 10% of any research out there on exercise features you. And so unless you're asking every trainer, every program, 
was this designed on research on women like me? Have women like me been successful doing this? We won't know. So I'm really encouraging everybody listening to be sure that you're you're asking. And if you feel like you have been unsuccessful, like you have failed, I really encourage you to turn that around. It may be that the program failed you. Right. That is so interesting. And then we're we're gonna have to look for that TED talk. You said it might be coming out. It was supposed to be coming out in November, but now it's on limbo. So <laughs> it's in COVID jail. <laughs> yes. It will it will come out. It will prevail. <laughs> I can't well, I'm sure we'll all be able to Google it. We'll also uh link to your website in the show notes so people can find it. Uh, so I have a personal question because I'm going to be 60 next month and I've been a dancer my entire life and I've exercised forever and ever and I've actually been injury free almost all my all my life. But now in the last few years, <laughs> I'm sort of noticing that like, oh, ow, my knee hurts, my elbow hurts. Um so I was been watching you on, uh, you know, as well on your on your channel on your flipping fifty, and I really appreciate how you are so detailed about the technical aspect of exercising, and I really want to talk about that because it's so important. I believe in it because of being a dancer. So, um, where tell us about that a little bit? Bring that into what you were just speaking about, as far as let's just say you were a beginner exerciser at this age versus mm-hmm. someone that's experienced. Mm-hmm. How do you approach that? <laughs> I'm going to say that both of those could be disadvantages for different <laughs> reasons. And, you know, it's because what we learned, if we're in our 50s or our 60s, what we learned when we were 20 or 30 often is what we'll remember. We were impressionable, right? And so we haven't really looked up necessarily. We were we were having careers, starting them, you know, really getting into them. We were raising families. And so now the time has come where we have a little bit more time and maybe a little bit more urgency. It's like, I better get on this right now. It's not going to get easier. And yet we still are defaulting to what we learned once. So if you are someone who has exercised forever, I think it's a good idea to say, I need to, maybe I need to challenge what I think is the right schedule and challenge, is this the right thing for the moment I'm in in my life right now? And is there anything I need to change to make sure that I continue to feel really good while I'm exercising, not just reap the reward afterward? So sometimes a beginner is a clean slate, (laughs) So I'll just throw that out there. I love that you're saying that because it's so funny how Lana has been trying to get me to say to Jamie, you, you don't have to exercise like you used to. You really don't. Well, I I think maybe just switch up some classes. It's like, you know, you can't still, I was still trying to go to, to the class, the really hard classes at Equinox, even a year ago. And after about six months of it, but I, I'm, I'm also a Pilates person and I go to Pilates three days a week. And so I tried to do these really hard classes and I finally just realized that is not something I need to be doing. And I switched to my bar and now I stick to pretty much bar and Pilates and my, and some big major power walking. That's perfect for my body type right now. And the reason I switched to Pilates was because I want to exercise when I'm 90 hopefully I go that long. And I want to, I want to exercise smart. And that's why I appreciated you, the way you teach 
fitness. Well, thank you. And I think you're referring to the way I cue and, and that is, that is really my hope because I think at some point, you know, it happens differently for all of us, but in our forties or maybe it's fifties, we, we kind of get up in the morning and there's this self check, like knees. Okay. Shoulders. Okay. Going to be the day. Right. And you know, you just start to be a little bit more concerned and you don't even realize you're doing it until it's like, Oh, I don't know that I want to do that because of my knee. And, and the first time you say that it's really a realization that, at some point I felt I've become a little bit more vulnerable and I think we all will. There's no wrong in that. Sometimes it will make you take precautions that you otherwise wouldn't. And I'm always a big believer that sometimes when you have a weak link, you can end up really paying enough attention to that. It becomes a strength and Mm -hmm. good thing. And yeah. And okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to coach you a little bit. Is that okay? Yes. (laughs) Okay. So love the things that you're doing, but I want to get you strength training. And by the way, going to 90, we're going all the way, girls. We're going all the way. So (laughs) strength training is a girl's best friend. I can tell. I look at you and I'm like, okay, Lana, you've got to start working more on your shoulders and your back and all of that. Absolutely. And a good friend of mine and a colleague uses this term, muscle is the organ of longevity. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I remember when I first started talking about osteoporosis and that really, that was in the mid nineties as well. And, you know, we were, we were all little less aware of it than now, but I used to always talk and start my talk saying, you know, right now it's driving a red convertible. I mean, that is really sexy, but someday for (laughs) you, sexy is going to be, can you carry your own tray in the cafeteria? Wow. So it's true. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I think I still want the sexy car. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, you know, having said that about the weight, I completely concur and agree with you. And my husband is 72 and he is religious about his weight. And that is what has kept him looking so young. And I do lightweight, and this is a really a question for you. I do as much as eight to 15 when I'm, when I do my weights, um, but I have not been as consistent with it as I should be. What do you like to say is a sweet spot with weights for different parts of the body? For example, say shoulders versus back. Great question. So I'm going to answer it indirectly. Okay. So the answer is not about the weight. And so even you telling me, you know, a couple of different weights that work for you doesn't tell me enough. So my Mm. question is at what, how many repetitions does it take for you to reach fatigue? Fatigue. Okay. That's really the, you know, we're talking about if we were going to define for anyone, a light or moderate or a heavy weight, we could define that universally more like this. So a lightweight might be something that you can lift up to say 28 times. 
And for some people, that is okay. That might be a weight where you would want to be lifting for your shoulders, small muscle groups. And we know some listeners more than others, a lot can go wrong with shoulders because they can... Mm -hmm extend and rotate and abduct and adduct. And because they can do all those things, sometimes they do things they should not do, or we get an imbalance there. So there's that. So smaller weights for those smaller muscle groups make sense, but also that might be a beginner would start there. And then if you are doing more moderate range, you're probably closer to 15. And I'm just going to target 15 and say plus or minus a few repetitions. But that's kind of your middle range, maybe even 15 to 20. And then heavy weights would be something that's, say, 10 or fewer repetitions. You can't do more than that before you start to lose your form. You can feel yourself cheating or you can feel yourself using momentum or straining and not training. So those three kind of ideas, that's how you would go shopping for your weights. And the number one question someone asks me is, well, to do your program, what size weights do I need? And that's the way I have to answer. So you've got to try them on. We can give you some ranges, but really you've got to discover. I think saying the repetitions, that's that, to, that totally makes sense because you do want to do some heavy, but with less reps. And, um, and that's what's great about her show, you guys. She does and shows you all of these different things from Pilates moves to weights and how to do it correctly. And I think that it's, you know, super, super valuable. Well, you know, Deborah, you do so much right now. Jamie was just saying, she said, you know, the more I dig into her, the more I see she's doing, it's just so impressive. But how do you, what is your routine? Like, how are you getting everything that you're getting done in a day? I mean, you're doing these at your home every day and you're on task, on schedule. What's your secret? (laughs) My secret is I probably need to thank all of, all of my fans and followers and, and every member who's in the flipping 50 virtual gymbership, because if I did not have to show up, for someone else, there are days that I don't want to do that. <laughs> and, <laughs> yep. And so that anchor, you know, ends up working from both sides. That's probably the biggest piece for me. And and I would say that goes back to eight years ago. So it was eight years ago that I went 100% virtual and no longer was doing face-to-face and occasional, but otherwise no. And, you know, you've got a lot of latitude. That's Mm -hmm. just you. So you better have some discipline and be able to keep yourself on track. So creating a schedule has to be a big part of it and honoring it. So, um, you know, like I said, just having those 9 a.m.s when I'm going to do a a high-intensity interval training for my membership or having 4 p.m. today, for instance, where I'll do foam rolling, you know, with everyone. I want to make sure everybody knows what foam rolling is. It's it's painful, but it's wonderful. It's those big roller, foam roller pads that you, those are fun to use. It's like a tube. Yes. Yeah. And not everybody agrees they're fun to use. You got that in the right order. Yes. (laughs) People first. (laughs) It could be painful for sure. (laughs) Yeah. 
But they but, really do help. They help immensely. But so, I think, I also was going to say real quick, I think what Lana too really wanted to ask you was, when you wake up in the morning, what does your morning routine look like? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, very, very automated. So I've got a four-legged, so he has to go out first. And then I am preparing hot water for mashed tea. So I love a big mug. And then I also, I limit myself to two cups of something. And I have to do that too. So limiting is the key word here. Deborah does not need more coffee. That's the mom <laughs> job. Um, so, but I do my best work, my creative work in the morning. So while I do that, I'm not picking up my phone. I have my laptop. I may be writing and working on a project, but I don't open my email until I'm finished with those two to three hours of really creative stuff that I know I won't get to. I won't have that kind of creative ability later in the day. I can do other things, but not that. Yeah. Yep. And then generally something to um, eat. So I need something. Usually I've been up a couple of hours before I exercise first. Otherwise my energy level isn't there or I'm just so darn distracted because I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. And that for me... And my advice to others is if that's you, you're probably going to have a lot more energy expenditure if you just put a little something in first. Other people feel great fasting. I'm just not one of them. Yeah. And and the exercise these days for immune boosting, and we may need to circle back to that because I'm not sure I answered that clearly, is more frequent but shorter. So I'm not doing anything for an hour, not strength training, not, you know, running. I may go for a long walk, but in that it's not about going for an hour. It's about going outdoors and enjoying it. And, um, so what I'll find myself doing and recommending based on the research is now 20 to 30 minutes of any level intensity, whether it's a short walk with my 12 and a half year old dog, that's not very quick, by the way, Um, (laughs) or I'm doing high intensity interval training, or I'm doing a strength training session. And then I might also go for a walk at midday. I might then do yoga later in the day. So there's been several different places where there's a bump of your immune cell response every time you move. And it's much better than if you do long endurance work. Interesting. So you're, you're trying to really move and do something like three times a day. Yes. Yep. Yeah. With, with a consciousness that I use one of the tenets of flipping 50 is intense early, light late. So a little alliteration like so you that. can remember yeah. You're working with your cortisol levels. So you're working with your highest energy level when you do high intensity work early and you're not working against your ability to sleep, relax, and chill out in the evening. So going for a walk or doing yoga, if you're not a yoga person, just stretching those kinds of activities later in the day are so much better for hormone balancing. And it's just a coincidence that what is hormone balancing is immune boosting and vice versa. That makes so much sense. This has been so full of so much great information. And I know, even though I think of myself as this 
exercise fiend. I learned so much from you. And now that you've given me permission to lay off it a little bit, I'm so happy because I think I'm going to feel better. But um, one more thing before we wrap up is we want to make sure everybody knows what's happening over at Flipping 50 that's really exciting you and that you want to share that we haven't talked about yet tonight, today. So much goodness. So for those who want to tune in, if you're able, at Flipping 50 TV, so facebook.com forward slash Flipping 50 TV, we're still doing kind of some COVID-19 community yoga. Um, We've turned it into something that's slightly different this week. So we're doing kind of a focus on butts and hamstrings on Monday. We did yoga on Tuesday. We're doing foam roller on Thursdays. We'll be doing yoga again on Friday. We're doing a little cooking and core segment on Sunday. So really mixing it up with the whole idea. It's 4 p.m. Pacific time that you have a place to tune into, something to anchor you, a little community. I like that. Doing what you want or need to be doing right now. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Everything you're doing is amazing and we're super impressed and we so appreciate you having us on your show to talk about our journaling that we believe in. And now we love that you came on our show to talk about your fitness and wellness and we're going to follow you and we're going to join some of those Facebooks, if not all of them. And we hope that our paths will cross again soon. Thank you so much, both of you for having me. Yes. And so guys, once once again, it's Instagram is at Flipping50TV. Her website is www.flipping50spelledout.com. And her podcast is Flipping50. And her social is youtube.com slash Flipping50TV. And then you've got your Facebook, right? The Facebook Flipping TV. Flipping 50 TV there too. Yes. And we'll have all those links in the show notes so you don't even have to remember any of it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) Because we're walking or lifting Because we're flipping over 50. (laughs) Yeah. Why? (laughs) Why? Well, thank thank you so much, much, Deborah. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Hang in there. Stay strong. Take care. Bye-bye. If you want to stay up to date with our five-star podcast, be sure to subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You'll never miss an episode and you'll see our latest tried and true lifestyle products. You can sign up at ladiesroadmap.com. And ladies, if you like our show, please take a minute to subscribe and rate our podcast because it's super important so that other women can easily find the show. You can do it on iTunes, or to make it even easier, we've put a link in the show notes on our website.